Our text for today is taken from our gospel reading from Luke chapter 15, and I'll read a portion of the text again. The son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. If you would bow your heads with me in prayer. Father in heaven, help us to see how lost we are in our life when we are without you. Help us to know the prayer of your heart when we walk away from you. And help us to realize your love and grace that receives us with a loving embrace and the desires to keep us close to you each and every day throughout our life. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Grace mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. When I saw our text for this Sunday and I saw that it was the story of the prodigal son, I began to think of all the prodigal stories that I had heard over the years. Sons and daughters who had left their families, husbands and wives who have experience broken relationships, hearts that were broken, suffering that ensued, sorrow that people have shared. I wondered if there were any present-day prodigal stories, so I googled present-day prodigal stories, and within seconds there were a large, there was a large number of stories that came up. Stories such as Louis Zamperini. You may have heard his story. He's written the book Unbroken. Story of a man who was an Olympic runner who signed up in World War II and as he was serving in the Air Force, his plane went down in the Pacific Ocean. He was rescued after being out in the open water for more than 30 days. But he was rescued by a Japanese vessel and he was and became a prisoner of war. It was there in that prisoner of war camp that one of the guards was just evil towards him. And after a year he was released. His life's journey after that moment was that he wanted to take revenge on the man who had been so evil towards him. He wanted to seek revenge and see if he could take his life. And then he heard the gospel message. And his life was changed and the anger and the hatred that he once had in his heart, it was filled with love and compassion towards the man who so tortured him. But he wanted to go back and share the gospel with him. Prodigal son. Another story 
by a man who was a Navy SEAL by the name of Chad Williams. His story can be found in the book, Seal of God. When he was in college, he was floundering and not knowing what to do, and so he decided one day, I'm going to become a Navy SEAL. And so he told his dad, and his dad thought, this is a crazy thing, and so his dad actually called a former Navy SEAL that he, he happened to find, and he said, I want, you to, I want you to take care of my son so that he knows what it's like to be a Navy SEAL. And he said, okay, I'm going to invite him to come out and play. <laughs> and he ran him through rigors that this young man never would have thought could have, he could have experienced. But they ended up becoming friends. And this mentor of his, Scott Helvenston, was then called back to duty over in Iraq. And on that tour, he was killed. Williams became so filled with hatred that he said, I'm going to finish becoming a Navy SEAL and seek and avenge my friend's death. He was one of the few men that became a Navy SEAL on the first try. His class was 173 students and he was one of 13 who finished. And he spent five years as a Navy SEAL, served in the Philippines, in Saudi Arabia, in Bahrain and Iraq. He came back home, his life still filled with anger, and he recognized that he was lost. He began to party, he began to waste his life until he found God, or maybe better said, until God found him. And a life that was filled with anger and hatred was now filled with love. And he found his purpose in life. A prodigal son. When I recognized the prodigal son was a story of repentance and forgiveness and I thought about Pastor Al's sermon last Sunday as he talked about the unfruitful fig tree. If you remember his sermon theme from last week, was another repentant story. I said, this could be another repentant story, part two. But there's more to the story of the prodigal son than just repentance. There's the shocking request of the son to his father. There is the harsh reality of what he went through as he went out on his own. There was the pain and the sorrow that he felt, the, the repentance that took place in his heart, and the return to his family. It's a story of hearts that were broken and hearts that were restored. And so that's the theme of today's message. Hearts broken and hearts restored. If you remember the story, one of the key parts is how Jesus set up the story. It was actually as Jesus was visiting with folks who were identified as tax collectors and sinners. People that longed to be with Jesus. People that so looked forward to being with Jesus because he accepted them. They recognized that Jesus wanted to be with them. And that he loved them. When no one else in the world seemed to love them. 
And so they wanted to be with Jesus. They wanted to hear his words, his kind words that he spoke. And then there were the religious leaders of the day who said, can you realize who Jesus is talking with? Tax collectors and sinners, prostitutes. If he knew what kind of people they were, he would recognize this and he would not want to be around them. Jesus welcomed such wicked people. It was for that reason that Jesus told the story. In fact, he told three stories. And with each story that Jesus told, he placed greater and greater emphasis on that item that was lost. The first story was that of one sheep out of how many? A hundred, so that's one percent. A man lost one percent of what he had, but it was of value to him. So he left the 99, he went out into the field, and he found the sheep that was lost, and he came back. The woman had a lost coin, one out of how many? Ten. Ten percent of what she had, right? But it was so valuable to her that she lit the lamp, she got the broom, she began to sweep in every corner of her house until she found that lost coin. And then she began to celebrate. And then there's a story of the man who had how many sons? Two sons. One, so he thought, was lost. 50%. And yet he realized that if he were to go after his son, that it would only push his son further away. And all he could do was wait. And he waited. The third story, the other stories were about objects, a a sheep and a coin, but the third story was about a son, his own flesh and blood. And what God wants to remind us is that every soul is precious to him. Every soul is precious to him. Sometimes we forget that. There's some people we just don't like. There's some people we just can't stand to be around. They they irritate us. They bother us in some ways. And we forget that their soul is precious to God. You know the story. The son makes a harsh request of his father. Give me my share of the inheritance. It's as if the son said to his father, I don't care about you. I don't care about your life. I don't care about this family. I want what's mine and I'm going to go off on my own. And while it was a selfish request, the father granted it to him. The father granted it to him. The son then faced the harsh reality of what life was like without his family. He squandered what he had. He spent it all. Life turned in the wrong direction. The friends that he thought were now gone. And there was a drought and famine in the land. And he had nothing. He had nothing. And he found the only job that he could find. Taking care of the pigs out in the field. 
His dreams were shattered. His life was ruined. His heart was broken. And he was at the bottom of the pit. He had nothing left. But it was there in his sin and sadness that there's a turn of grace in the story. And the turn of grace was simply that he recognized his condition. He recognized his sinfulness. He recognized that he had nothing left. And scripture said he came to his senses. The fog lifted. He remembered how good it was living back at home. He remembered the servants who were there who at least had food to eat and a a job to do. And someone who cared about them. And he longed for that fellowship that he had with his father. The love that they shared, the conversations that they had. And he said, I know what I'll do. I'll go back and I'll say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Take me back as a hired man. I'm going to pause for just a moment. Have you ever known someone who was a prodigal son? Have you ever been such a prodigal yourself? Where you've walked away from someone that loved you, someone who cared for you, someone who wanted you close. The activities of the prodigal What he actually did was he formed an idol for himself. Have you ever thought about how idols are formed? It begins with a desire. A desire. It could even be a desire for something good. But all of a sudden it becomes a demand. This is what I want. This is what I deserve. This is what is entitled to me. And an idol begins to be formed. If we don't get what we want, we act out. If we don't get what we think we deserve, there are additional frustrations. If we think this really is truly ours, we begin sometimes even to punish someone else because they don't give us what we want. And that's how an idol is made. And that's how this young man sinned. And when we sin, there is only one thing that leads to healing, and that is repentance. Repentance. We need to turn away from our sins and turn towards God. And the good news is, is that when we turn away from our sins, God is there. God is there. And like this young man, we find a glorious surprise as God is waiting for us. This young man, as he went home, he recognized that his father had been looking for him. His father had been longing for him. His father had been waiting for him to return. The father had been praying for him. 
And while the son got his confession out, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, his father didn't even go any further. Let's stop right there. And the text says his father began to kiss him. In fact, this word is is written in the present tense, which means he continued to kiss him again and again and again. To show his acceptance of his son. That's what the father wanted him to know. That he accepted his son. And again, another surprising act of grace as the father calls for the best robe and put it on him. Think of the son who had been out in the field with the pigs and how he must have looked, how he must have smelled. His father said, take that off, put our robe on him, a robe that would have identified him as one of the father's children. In fact, it could have been one of the father's own robes. So that when people looked at the son, they would have seen the father. They would have recognized his image in that he was made in his father's likeness. He was a part of the family. And the father said, put a ring on his finger. The ring was that emblem of sonship, that he was a part of the family, that everything the father had was the son's. Put the ring on your finger. You are part of this family. And put shoes on his feet. It was only the slaves that went barefoot. Put shoes on his feet. He's my son. The one I love. Sometimes we forget who we are. That we are children of God. Sometimes we forget what he's done. As he gave his life for us. Sometimes we forget how valuable we are to God. Yet he tells us over and over again. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're part of my family. I don't want anything to separate us. He puts the robe of righteousness around our shoulders. He puts a ring on our finger to remind us we're his children. He puts sandals on our feet. Feet are are now shotted with the gospel message, that good news that we can take out into the world and share God's love with those around us. That's why he's placed that gospel sandals on our feet. And he says, let the celebration begin. For my son or my daughter who was lost has now come home. They were dead and now they're alive again. Broken hearts are healed. Fractured lives are made whole. Lives are given joy and hope. As the father opens his arms and simply says, welcome home. And to that all God's people can say, Amen. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said, Amen.